0: Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram roadmap for educators.
1: One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life.
0: In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better.
1: We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at InspiredTogetherTeachers.com. Do you consider yourself to be successful? Are you a successful teacher? Have you been successful as a friend or a family member? In your work life, you likely have experienced teacher evaluation systems that determine success by someone's definition. You may also feel measured by someone else's metrics for success in your home life. There are no rubrics or tests here. Instead, today you will find seven thoughtful ways to examine success in your work and home life. Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast.
0: We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles that you face on a daily basis.
1: Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of
0: school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve.
1: Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best
0: life. Success. That is a loaded word. When I initially think of success, I often think of somebody else placing their judgments upon me. I was always taught that success was something that others recognized in you, not that you recognized in yourself. There always seemed to be some metric for success that somebody else held that would decide if I was successful or not. To some extent, I think that's still true. For example, you can't say I successfully earned a degree without doing the requirements that somebody else set aside for you to get a degree. So there are times in our life where, yes, success is met by somebody else's criteria. There's a lot of ways that we can determine our own success by deciding if we're really aligning with our own values. Today, we're going to challenge you to look a little bit more internally at success.
1: Start with talking about
0: our success
1: in teaching. Do you consider yourself a successful teacher? There are many different teacher evaluation systems and districts use many different tools to evaluate you. Also, the media and the public will talk about what it means to be a successful teacher. That is especially true today. Everybody's been to school, and as a result, everybody has an opinion about what good teaching looks like. The same applies to parenthood, how good a spouse or how good a friend you are. But do you think you are a successful
0: teacher and person? And how do you measure that? Teacher assessments don't get at what makes a teacher successful lots of times, nor do assessments tell you what makes you a successful person in life. Yes, something are more easily measured than others. Like you can look at your student scores on a standardized test and that's easy, but it's more difficult to assess whether someone is kind or whether you are building an atmosphere of mutual respect in your classroom or your house. Both of those things are really important. So today what we're going to be talking about is seven different aspects that can help you determine if you are successful in your work life or your home life. These are important things that you are probably doing all the time and likely you are doing them very successfully, but you don't take the time to stop and assess yourself on these things because you're so busy teaching and listening to other people's definitions of your success. As
1: Henry David Thoreau once said, success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. That's really true of teachers. You're not thinking about your own success. Let's talk about that success. The first aspect of a successful person is that they build connections with those around them. The teachers that we remember most fondly are the ones who knew us well. We have great aunts that we loved because they listened to us and invited us into their circle of warmth. Maybe you felt respected and you knew that that teacher, that great aunt cared about you. People will work really hard for you and with you if they know that you care. Good teachers know a lot about the students that they teach. They also know a lot about their colleagues. They listen and they talk to them.
0: It can't be measured on a metric, but successful teachers know their students. They know their lives inside and outside of school. If you are a successful teacher, you understand your students' strengths and the challenges. The same is true at home. You know your friends. You know them inside and out. You build connections with them, and they are strong. You show up for them in times of need, and they likely show up for you because you've been successful at building those connections with them.
1: This is the part of teaching that most teachers like. This is why they went into teaching. They like those connections with students. One of my measuring sticks for whether or not I've ever been a successful teacher is that many of my former students, even from my very earliest years of teaching, found me on Facebook and we are now friends. Large proportion of the people that I'm on Facebook with are former students. And I have a rule. I won't ask to friend a former student, but if a former student finds me, I will connect every single time. I love that reconnect. I'm supporting people that I taught 20 years ago by commenting on their posts and what they're doing. I love that.
0: Those connections also go into your home life, your family groups, your friend groups. I have a group of friends that I call my high school friends, which is actually kind of silly because most of us have been friends since kindergarten. We still get together a few times a year. In fact, we just got together a couple of weeks ago. We rented a house and we got to spend the weekend just being our authentic selves. There are strong connections there. We know each other's childhood stories. We grew up together. No one has to explain why they feel a certain way about a topic because we have each other's background knowledge and we also have each other's backs.
1: Paula, you know that you are a successful friend when you've carried those friendships since kindergarten.
0: Ask yourself, do you have connections with your students, your families, your coworkers, and your friends? If so, you are successful. A second measure of success is that a successful person can be flexible in different environments. Notice that we did not say a successful person can be comfortable in different environments. We said flexible. You don't have to be comfortable going into every situation to be successful, but you do have to be flexible and adapt to your surroundings. Thinking about a classroom, you wouldn't teach a rowdy kindergarten class the same way that you would teach a very quiet kindergarten class. You may be more comfortable teaching one than the other, but if you are flexible and can meet their needs, that's what makes you successful. Same at home. You wouldn't serve the same food and beverage to a group of teens at your house who don't appreciate the flavor. They just want the volume that you would to a dinner party you were serving that would be a little bit more refined. You adapt, you're flexible. That's a hallmark of success.
1: In school, good teachers usually know how to use different strategies for different purposes. They have a toolkit of techniques to help them work effectively. They know every class is different. Good teachers know how to adapt and they do it. It becomes part of the job. You're probably already doing it and you might not even see that you're doing it. Same is true at home. You're probably thinking on your feet. Your plans may not align with those of your family and friends. So you have to be flexible and rearrange things. It probably happens on a daily basis. I was thinking about this one and the idea about being flexible in different environments. Thinking about many times that I have moved. I have almost all of my same furniture and accessories and things in my home for many, many years, but they've been in different rooms. I think about this chest that my mother gave me when I was 16 years old and she taught me how to refinish it. In my high school years, it was where my stereo was. And then I went to college and I had my textbooks on the top. When I had a house, it was in the entryway. Then it was in a bedroom and it's moved all over. It's been used very flexibly.
0: For some of us, flexibility can be a little bit more of a struggle. It is a struggle for me, but I feel like I'm getting much more successful at it. At home is where I struggle a little bit. I like to have all my ducks in a row, and then I have a really busy family who will throw a glitch in my plans. Everything always turns out fine in the end. So this is not complete success for me, but it is definitely progress progress.
1: It will never be complete success because one of your kids needs to be flexible because something got canceled and that requires then you to be flexible. So it's not a fault of yours. It's just a challenge in meeting that need.
0: So ask yourself, are you flexible with your students, your families, your coworkers, and your friends? If you are flexible to some degree, you are reaching a degree of success. Another form
1: of success is that a successful person has high standards. We've talked about the importance of setting high standards for yourself and others in a previous podcast. If you don't set high standards, there's nothing to reach for. We come alive when we set and meet our goals. You don't want to set those standards so high that no one could ever reach them, which leads to disappointment. They're necessary to have.
0: The best teachers in schools really hold high standards for student learning, for student behavior, for responsibility and respect, for all of the learning environment. They're clear about their expectations, and they hold students accountable in a way that still acknowledges them as humans and people. Good teachers know that they have to teach and model this so students know what's expected of them and what they need to do to meet the expectations. Good teachers don't just have high standards, they support students in their personal growth to achieve those high standards.
1: That's one of the challenges of teaching for me because holding high standards for students gets tricky. It's easy for them to feel like you're overly tough picking on them or that you're too demanding. You have to make them understand that the reason you're doing this is that you are helping them. And you can temper that by explaining why you ask for what you ask for, and why you expect them to do things in a certain way. Eventually they'll get it, but it's tricky.
0: At home, you may face that as well. You have high standards for cleanliness or what type of communication can happen at the dinner table or some other standards that are ingrained into your home or your friend group, even if it's an unspoken rule. That might be a standard that is just set. Explaining why in your home or in your friend group is just as important as it is in your classroom. For example, I am not a fan of clutter in common spaces in my house. People can do whatever they want in their bedrooms, and I will admit my bedroom has clutter too, but not in the the common spaces because that's a place where everyone should feel safe. It's important that people know why at home and at school we set such high standards and then offer that support so people can achieve it. So ask yourself, do you set high standards for yourself and others? Do you offer that support to help them reach it or to help yourself reach it? If so, you are successful. Another sign of a successful
1: person is that a successful person is proactive. Life is no fun when you are always reacting. When you are constantly feeling like you're drowned by the sprinkler system of life, it's time to get proactive, figure out where the fire is, and stop it at its source before the sprinkler system needs to go off again. If you have a million problems going on, you need to look for the solutions to the problems and stop them before they even get started.
0: We all know teachers who are proactive in their lesson planning. They're proactive in their communication with other teachers, with parents. Successful teachers are the ones that are keeping the parents informed. There are no surprises and they're establishing relationships proactively so that when there is a problem, everyone is working together to find solutions.
1: My way of being proactive has always been to be an over planner at school. I know that if I can't get to everything I've planned, I can always save it for another day. I would always rather be overplanned than underprepared. It saves many potential problems that might show up when you're just winging it. I'm not good at winging it. If I need to fix them and be flexible, I can do that. But the planning of it is my proactive piece.
0: People are often being proactive in ways that they don't even realize. We are stopping as teachers, as people, many problems every day before they even get a chance to become a problem because we're taking proactive steps and not being reactive. Of course, there's going to be unexpected life turns and we're going to have to pivot. But if we can be proactive, we can prevent a lot of those negatives before they happen. For example, I know that when I take the time to do meal planning at the beginning of the week, I will eat healthier. My family will eat healthier. That I'm not just running through the grocery store throwing in quick, easy things at the last minute because I didn't plan. I can proactively plan that and stop a lot of negative consequences, which is eating junk and then feeling awful about it later.
1: My way of being proactive at home is really very conscientious about putting things on our family calendar so that I know, oh, the car has to go in on this day and we have this doctor's appointment here and who's where and what so that I can keep track of everything. Because if I don't, I'm going to miss things. My way of being proactive is really to use that calendar wisely.
0: So we challenge you to ask yourself, are you being proactive rather than reactive as much as you can be? If so, you are being successful. No rubric needed.
1: Let's go on to the next one. A successful person supports those around them. Being supportive means that you do your part and you encourage others as they do theirs. You're helpful when you can help someone. You follow through on tasks. You do what you said you're going to do. You will earn the trust of the people around you. You will get along much better. People know they can count on you. Paula, I know that's one of the things that you are really good at. If you say you're going to do something, you do it, you do it right, you do it on time. People know they can count on you for things like that. They trust you. Your Enneagram too is really coming out in that way. You are very successful in doing things that support the people around you.
0: It brings me joy. If I can help people at school, at home, my family, sometimes even strangers, I get joy from that. It is the Enneagram too in me, I am sure. And if you're listening, you don't know what that is. Go back and listen to our special podcast series on the Enneagram. We have a five-part series on that. In school, you can tell the people who are successful in supporting those around them because they come to the meetings prepared. They're encouraging the colleague who's down. They're reminding the students that they're there and to support them. They take care of the things that they're they say they're going to do. You can often tell when someone is successful at this because they're valued as a colleague, they're a supportive teacher. Those are signs of success in this area.
1: And at home, you can encourage your family members. People come to you because they value your advice and they know you're going to come through for them. One of my gifts is I see potential in others, and so I will always comment on someone's unique talent or strength that they have or how they do something well. With students or children, it often means that I see things that they don't even see in themselves yet. I can help them understand who they are and who they can be. That's something I take really seriously. It's a form of
0: support. Ask yourself, are you supporting the people around you at work and at home? If so, you are successful. Another measure of success is that a successful person knows when to ask for help. Rather than being a sign of weakness, asking for help is actually a sign that you are responsible enough to know that you don't know everything and that you're willing to learn. No one has ever mastered everything and we're not going to be the first ones to do it. At school, that might look like asking for help. Showing a growth mindset, being a lifelong learner, it's a trait that successful teachers share, and we're telling our students to do this all the time. Have a growth mindset, try new things, ask for help. We need to do that as well. And when we are, we are not only being successful role models, we are being successful people.
1: This also means that you don't have to be afraid to ask the students for help with something. What a great way to demonstrate that you are a learner. You admit you don't know everything and you're seeing how someone else does something. say, how did you do that? At home, it can be difficult to ask for help if you're the caretaker. However, the odds are probably pretty good that someone in your friend or family circle would be glad to help you with anything you ask. You just have to ask. And if not, look to your community resources. Maybe somebody there can support you. If your child is over the age of five or six and you are making their bed, putting away their clothes, packing their lunches, you are allowed to ask them to help. They might not be able to do everything, but they can go get the carrots in the juice box and put it in their lunchbox. It's good for them to do that. Don't forget that you can ask for help.
0: I know that I can be, like many teachers, quick to jump in and help, but hesitant to ask for help. I've had a real mindset switch in that when I realized that it makes me happy to help people. And every time I don't let somebody help me, I'm kind of robbing them of that opportunity for them to feel good helping
1: it also helps prevent burnouts when you have some space, you're not trying to do all the things all the time.
0: Ask yourself, are you supporting people around you? If so, once again, you are successful.
1: And our last measure of success today is that a successful person is involved in some type of community. Think about the communities you belong to. You have a school community, a neighborhood community. Maybe you have a friend group that's been together a long time. We're both in book clubs. Maybe you have a church group. When you're part of a community, you're going to benefit from all that the community has to offer. How do you know if you're a successful member of the community? You show up at events, you volunteer, people know you, they greet you by name, you're involved in some way. I don't consider myself a big community person because I don't always have time. I was always involved in my kids' school activities and my own work and that filled all my minutes. But on the plus side, I belonged to the same book club for over 15 years. That's a strong community.
0: You can see it at school, too. Good teachers are invested in their school and the communities. Teachers who are successful often know the community around the school. They patronize the local shops. They go to the restaurants. For example, a teacher that we worked with didn't live in the town where he taught, but he made an effort to service his car at a shop right near the school. He said, they fund my paycheck. Why would I not want to support them? People notice that. People notice when you're committed to your school and your community.
1: The same is true at home. You have a core group or two, maybe, where you can say you're part of something bigger than yourself. You work together to accomplish something. It doesn't have to be a real formal community. It could be a Tuesday morning yoga crew who show up at the same time and support each other.
0: I have a few of those clubs and groups, and I get something different from each of them. Besides being great people, they fill my social battery, and I can learn from them and benefit from their community. Ask yourself, do you belong to at least one community? If so, you are successful. What would you add to our list? What makes you feel successful at work and at home? We didn't cover everything, but hopefully we gave you a great starting point. As always, we'd love to hear your ideas. And if we haven't yet sold you on the importance of recognizing your own success yet, we're going to end with some powerful words from Abe Lincoln. He said, Always bear in mind that your own resolution to success is more important than any other one thing. Let's
1: recap today's episode. Success is not always measured using rubrics or evaluations, nor is it always measured by others you can determine your own level of success in these important areas that matter more than what you can do on an assessment. Building connections, being flexible, having high standards, being proactive, supporting those around you, asking questions, and becoming engaged in your community. You are probably more successful than you think you are.
0: In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to examine your success in a few of the different areas that we covered today. Is there one area where you're more successful or one where you have more room to grow? We won't be grading your homework, but as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So feel free to reach out to us.
1: And be sure to hit follow or subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And don't forget, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend.
0: That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd
1: like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers, or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com, for more
0: podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.